Welcome back. I'm Kristen Marchand, and you're listening to the Opiango Line. And today, it's all about the life and times of Bernice Mintha. Let's rejoin the conversation she's having with Martina Koulis, host of Back in the Day. I guess during the wartime, do you, what do you remember about that? Anything in particular? Oh, yeah. Well, I was nine years old when the war started. And we used to, uh, some of our cousins, like my grand, my dad, his brother, his wife's two brothers were in the army. And one, one of them got killed, as a matter of no. fact. And some of the coolest were in the army. Yeah. So I have pictures of the whole lecture, the whole story. So we knew them. And one of them, one of them died just at the very end. One oh, of the Bernaski no. boys, he was killed. Mm-hmm. Almost the last day. And I remember, we said, we used to hear on the radio and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. things in the paper. And then I remember when the war ended, uh, Maxie and I were in the bush, and, and there were church bells were ringing and everything else when the war officially ended. Wow. And in Japan, too, like the Japanese war. Yeah. But we used to hear about it, you know, with the news and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. But it had nothing to do with us. But we had, like, our cousins were in the army there. Yeah. There yeah. were several of them, you know. It was Igman Coolis and those, and they were all in in the mm-hmm. in the army for that for the war, and um, but I was I was nine nine and around fifteen years old when it ended. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so I had read that there was rationing with the sugar and the oh, tea. Oh yeah. You uh, we had ra- we had um, uh, r- ration books, mm-hmm. and and when you went to the store, they they would take it up and do a certain like certain amount of sugar was rationed. Key, because mm-hmm. they kept, came from other places. So anyway, so when you would buy it, and us being lots of we do, we do lots of canning, so Mrs. Mrs. Gould, we would we would have four or five months of sugar ahead of time because we needed it, you know. Mm-hmm. For the canning, yeah. yeah. For the canning, yeah. Yeah. So that, that was all. Was that allowed for most people that they well, would were not a, well? But we, she did it for us. Yeah, and yeah. Most of the people are in town here, you know. Yeah, well. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, we needed it, and they so they gave it, and yeah. And then when we went to the store to like we used to go to Pelvisky store to a certain like even different different things that they had we get rationed. You couldn't get them. Yeah. You have to be very careful, and then being. Us, we had our own meat. We had our own pigs. We killed our own cows. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. kill. We had our own meat. Uh, we like we used to make what you call vostas uh, from uh, from the skins, you know. Oh, okay, we, yes. <laughs> we, I forgot what you call them in in English. The sausages. So, yeah. yeah oh, okay. Vostas. Yeah. And we still have. A, so we had our own, and we'd pick our own berries and stuff like that. But we needed lots of sugar. See, that that was to one preserve. of the things. Yeah, sugar, butter. Mm-hmm. So we had our own, like we. Oh, you you did the training yourself. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we have we had one of those kind of things. It was a, like that kind of uh, that kind of material. Yep. And as a matter of fact, it's one there, and then you had a piece of uh, a, a wooden thing with a, sort of a bottom like this, and you go. And there was also another great big thing. It had a it had a, a big barrel, and it, and you'd go. The handle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With all those kind of things we did. So we had our own milk. We had our own cows. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, so like sugar was and, and tea was the most uh, for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, because we used to do a lot of our own canning, so 
our tickets were gone for the sugar. Yeah, before you six, six months ahead of time. But we didn't sometimes didn't need it, so then we would use it when we had to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, you probably needed a lot of canning and. Well, yeah, we did a lot of our own canning. Yeah. So when you came to our place and down in the basement, there's a kind of a shelf there. That would be loaded with mm -hmm. four or five hundred bottles of pickles and. and oh my and, gosh. And, uh, Blueberries and raspberries, all. And we yeah. used to cook them on the stove in there, and it, it was a great big. There was a great big thing that they used to use for uh, boiling clothes when they were like when you when you wash clothes, you used to boil them to clean mm -hmm. them. You know, instead of Javix, we didn't have Javix. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so you clean them. So then when and then you used to have a kind of a thing, a metal kind of a thing, and you could put some bottles on it, and then you put them on the stove up there, and they'd boil it. Okay. In the bottles to seal it, right? Yeah. So it was. Uh, they were instead of well, most of the time you used to can it, put it in the in the pots and boil it and everything else. Then you dip it into those pots and okay. then you into the uh, uh, bottles. And because the the covers were very, um, they expand. So okay, you yes. always got new covers. We oh, buy okay. them by the by the. Dozens of them. I still have some in the closet there. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so then you used to put them on the bottles, and then sometimes some some of the ones we you, you cooked or they were, they were done, but some of the ones you used to put them in the bottles and then stick them in there and then bake them. Oh, okay. especially with the meat. Yeah, you want to be extra careful yeah. with that. So, I'm so sure. with the meat and mommy stuff. So because and then after they opened up the lockers, then we put it in the freezer freezer there. But that was way. But when I was a kid, we we boiled them. Mm -hmm. and, and we'd have all this, and on the stoves, and those great big stoves, they'd have a great, they had these great big dishes. They were white dishes, they were about this big. Oh, with the blue rim around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so you'd boil them in that, you know, and then you had these great big dishes, and you'd put them in. And then there was kind of a thing that you could get, you put 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 it inside, and you used to yeah. put it in there. And would everyone help with the canning, or was it just the girls, or? No, uh, mostly your mama, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, the bo the boys mostly were working outside, mm -hmm. like with the, with the in the bush and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. But they'd go picking berries too. We would all go, but mostly. Uh, they, but they the boys did quite a bit of stuff in the bush, and the girls did do that kind of stuff around the house, you know. Yeah. Well, you you spent quite a bit of time in the bush as well, though yourself. Yeah, we 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 all did. Yeah. Uh, but generally speaking, we did worked around the house more than the boys did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and milk the cows too, like, um... <laughs> Were there any chores that you didn't like doing growing up? Or I don't know. <laughs> you just did it, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> part of it stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did it, and you washed the dishes and, and things like that. It was a part of your life, and you just, like, uh, I can't think of me sitting there and producing a while. If you could get away from not doing it, you wouldn't, you know. But <laughs> sometimes it's easier just to do it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I had read that your mom had used the bleached sugar and uh, flour bags for clothing. Oh yeah, um, we used to get to get you buy flour in the bag mm -hmm. from the store. Yeah, and also sugar in a bag because we used so much sugar. Yeah. So and on that sugar, on that thing was some printed stuff. So mm -hmm. what you do, you'd bleach it. 
Okay. You call it bleaching. Yeah. So sometimes you'd put jabbix or you would what you would do is wet them and put them on the line. Okay, and that would get rid of it. And it got some of the stuff off too. But we used to put it into jabbics and things like that, and mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, it, and so when you got it, it was a real ordinary piece of material, and it was very nice and heavy. Eh? Yeah. So we used to have all the towels are made of that. Smart. Yes, towels and and some things, mostly around the house, like towels and stuff like that. They were all made pillowcases. Okay. Yeah. Okay, they were like a bag. Eh? Yeah. We had hundreds of pillowcases of that. That would be smart. It's yeah. perfect size. Yeah, perfect size. And then you used to embroider on it. Mm -hmm. So uh, we used to... Do you think a lot of families did that? Well, everybody did that. Yeah. It was a normal thing. Yeah, you don't waste anything. At least, at least, as you say, the Polacks did it. <laughs> some of the some of the Ironlocks <laughs> perhaps so didn't. Yeah. yeah. But because it wasn't that much custom. But for the Polish people, that we all did that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so you clean those things up, and they were perfect. I even have some upstairs. I bet you yet. Oh really? From from the stuff. So anyway, so I used to embroider on them, and and sometimes instead of embroidering, we used to have a kind of a stamping thing, and you used to you used to use hot water, and you and you iron it on, and it and it was mm -hmm. stamped on there. Yeah. 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 That would probably be a little bit easier. Well, yeah, yeah, but uh, but most of the time we used to, we used to have a little cooks like that, you know, and you put put the, the thing in it, and then you. Mm -hmm. You have you ever seen it? One of those kind of. Uh, I don't think I've seen it. No, not really. Well, yeah, it's it's they're t they're two wooden things, mm -hmm. and they have a little kind of a thing so you can open them, expand them. Oh, like a loom. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. It's not. Uh, well, it's a round thing. Yeah, I, I think I know, yeah, I know what you mean, and it holds the fabric yeah, tight yeah, so you yeah, can... Yeah, 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 that's what we had. Yeah. Embroidery, uh, hoax they called them. Yeah, and then would you do kind of like what they, they taught us in school, the certain flowers and that? Yeah, the, yeah well, you, you would iron them on, put them on. Like oh, you, you, okay. You would buy them at the store. Oh, okay. And then you'd, you'd use the iron, and then you'd put them on there, mm -hmm. and then you would use whatever colors are there, you would, you would do it. Oh, okay. And then you used to go... You go with the thread, like for leaves, you know, you have a leaf like this. So with the thread, you'd go cheat, cheat with the leaves in this, mm -hmm. and then this be here. So, and it looked like, mm -hmm. like it was back and forth, you know. Oh, okay, yes. And yeah. Yeah, we, we used to call it embroidery work. Mm -hmm. Did you like doing that, or? <laughs> You're asking me what, what I liked. What, it was my choice. We, we just did it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and. All the families, some of them didn't, but we we were we were that kind of people. We did it like you didn't mm -hmm. you didn't think about whether like we didn't that didn't, that didn't come into the you picture. You didn't have time to think no, of it. Yeah, well, it, it wasn't. It was a part of life. Like, yeah, you know, we we didn't sit there and moan and groan over it. <laughs> you would be sitting there watching television or whatever it was, listening to music if you just saw nothing. As soon as you could, and so. Your your mom before supper she would comb her hair, or and stuff. I I read something that she would comb her hair before supper and then she would sit in her chair. Do you remember that oh, at all? Yeah. Well, she she always <clears throat> like they used to be cooking and everything else, but before before they went to eat they would dress themselves like they would fix their hair and they would because they washed it they were working all day yeah so they used to clean themselves like you know yeah yeah they had an apron on and stuff like that and. 
<coughs> she would tidy herself up and mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. like it, we may not have much money. We may have been poor in a sense, according to people, but we were very rich in all kinds of different ways. Yes. In 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 uh, um, our relationships and with um, all the stuff like the milk and the cows and all that stuff and everybody. It was mostly the Polish people that did that kind of stuff. A lot of the Irish people didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we, that's who uh, it came from in Poland, and that's the way we were. And and it, it was a normal thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you didn't sit and say, "Well, do I want or not?" <laughs> it, it it was just part of our it life. It was just the way life yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. And we were very involved, and we used to have our fights with kids and stuff like that. <laughs> Everyone does, I think. Yeah, yeah. So the Irish, you were saying they didn't really do, they didn't have farms as much, or how do you mean? No. See, the people that came from from Ireland, they didn't have such big farms like we have here. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because yeah. like they were, they weren't used to that kind of stuff. But in, in Poland, they had big farms, and and that was their way of living. Yeah. Especially the Kashubs, eh? Okay. So that's how we like, and we had this great big property like that. But yeah. They did. The others, they didn't have it like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's we used to call them Irlocks. They used to call us Polacks, and we used to call them Irlocks. But but um, they they didn't. Their country wasn't like as big as ours. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They didn't like here. Look at the property like we have here, which is nothing for us, which was normal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, big farms and things like. But the, the Irish people, they didn't have that. Oh, okay. So it's pro- maybe a little bit different farming style. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because Ireland is so much smaller, eh? Mm-hmm. Like, they, nobody had a big farm, like, 50, 100 acres. Like, some of us, the farms are 200 acres. My gosh, wow. Yeah, like, so this was this was over 200 acres here. When they first bought like, it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, they didn't, but they didn't have such things. It's not that they didn't want it, but Ireland was a different country. Yeah, it's just... And, and, it's, and they didn't, like... I don't know, it's so much smaller than than even in Canada here, right? Yeah. So, so it so that was a little bit different for them. It's yeah. not it's not that they were lazy or some but they just came from a different country. Yeah, so they did things a bit yeah. different. And and so but and and we Polish people we always did canning and stuff like that, you know, from Svarma, you know, that kind of it was a natural thing for us. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even think about, you know, the and so I was reading, moonshine used to be a big thing. Yeah, no. well, they used to make the moonshine, yeah. So, um, well, not everybody, but, but they used to, because uh, liquor was very expensive. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, and, like, they'd buy a, um, wine in a gallon. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah, like a whole big, it was a clear, clear gallon. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, uh, and then, so they... Uh, when there was a big occasion and stuff like that, or they'd sell it, they'd make moonshine. So when we had a big wedding, liquor was very expensive, so we made our own moonshine. Oh my gosh. So you remember making it then? Well, I, yeah, that was, well, I was, I was already uh, 18 when, when Risha got married. So, uh, so then um, I was, I wasn't supposed to be the bridesmaid, but somebody didn't come anyway, so I was a bridesmaid and stuff like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. so, uh, but uh, uh, they did it at Naxi's house, because it was actually against the law to make moonshine. Oh, okay. You weren't supposed to make, like, like making liquor, right? Eh? Yeah, yeah. 
So what they did is, I forget what you put in that moonshine, but anyway, you had to uh, steam, uh, the, steep the, where was it now? I forget what the recipe was, but anyway, so they wanted at max season they were making it, mm -hmm. and, and it was very strong. So yes. So then they were served that because liquor was very expensive, and but we did like we had lots of stuff, but we didn't have a lot of cash. Let's put it that way. Yes. Yeah. You know, like for us to have fifty cents was was like very. I got twenty five cents when I was fifteen years old. That was a lot of money for me. But, but it's not that we didn't have the cash, we had lots of property, we had lots of things, but not, not that much. Yes, like you never really worried where your next meal was no, coming no, no, from, no. but... But we didn't, like, people have lots of money. Like, like the luxuries yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we lived well, we ate well, but we were very, it was very simple stuff. Yeah. But, so they made the moonshine over there, <laughs> and... Um, um, Rita's husband, Jim, they they were had, had uh, drugstores and stuff like that. They were well off, and and uh, but they were well off, but they were very simple. Mm -hmm. Very like Jim was was one of the most ordinary people that you would ever have. He was really really. And his parents were too. Like they came here, it was, it was difficult for them too because we like it was, you know, and uh, but. Uh, as I said, they, they had uh, drug stores and they were very well off, and uh, so. But they were very simple people. And Jim was one of the my sister's husband. One were getting he was they were getting married. Uh, he was just very 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 good. Jim he died very young. Oh. He had diabetes and all that kind of stuff and all oh my. But. Uh, Do you remember their wedding? Then? Oh yeah, well I she was one you of the bridesmaids. The yeah, one of the bridesmaids. Yeah. And where, where was it? In Barry's Bay here at St. Hedwig's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? It is, yes. It is very nice. Mm. So all these kind of things I did, it, to me that's... It was ordinary, but... Yeah, ordinary, but that was just out here. Oh, really? It's a huge tree. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's where we come from, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your and your family... With the coolest there, they they grew up the same. So you're you're Dominic's the youngest one. Yes, yeah, the youngest one. That's how we get tied in. There. That's yeah. how, that's. I was wondering how how, how it is. Yeah. So my grandpa was Felix, mm -hmm. and that was one of his sons. Mm -hmm. And I I was looking today. I thought that my grandpa had a lot more siblings than he did. He was there's only four of them. Dominic only had four kids. Mm -hmm. So. It's interesting to find out. Well, yeah, this is it. And there was a big family of Coolises, though. Mm -hmm. Yes, they had, my dad has six siblings, so definitely expanded. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they're all here. There were just pictures here with them. Isn't that something, eh? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. nice, it's nice to see the pictures in that. And this is, this is from, from Poland, my, gram, my grandma's family from Poland. Mm-hmm. That's her sister. Oh, okay. Dilemma. She used to write to us in Polish. Her brother, Peter. And this is what to translate. And he had written, May God bless you in your life and give you good health. Helen, daughter, and dad, Piotr Bonnik from Poland. Wow. Bonnik, Dilemma. It's amazing that they and still they, have They said letters from Poland, see? Mm -hmm. So I translated it.
And there's their family. Standilla. The clothing was so different. Mm -hmm. Well, no. Very nice. Yeah. So that's is my grandma's Pobiskis. And then this is Grandpa Minta. Mm-hmm. From Poland and his story. Well, 40 years after the Mintas bought about 100 acres of what is still called Mintas Hill, three miles west of Barry's Bay, how we cut through the property at its western section. The property itself followed the highway up to half a mile on each side. The date on this move is not certain, but when John married Annie in 1923, he walked over to her house, so he was still living over there in 1923. The original home on Mintus Hill was destroyed by fire in 1948, therefore all the records were lost. John Mintus, uh, Joseph Mintus, John's son and family were living there at the time, along with his father and brother Ambrose. John and Mary and Minta had ten children, namely Michaelina, Stanley, John and Mary, twins. Of the ten children, John and Martina, five never married. Magdalena died at ten, Stanley, Frank, Julia and Ambrose, the latter three deputies. The married children are the so on. Mary married Leo Gorczewski. Joe married Francis Yaris, Gabby Dominic married Mary Berneski. And her brother, one of them, was killed in the war. Okay. Martha married Andrew Hearn. All the children of John and Senior and Marianne have, are now deceased. You will find their story in greater detail and pictures in the Minta Township Binder. At one point, the property was divided below the hill now to cut to the left by Martin's Siding Road. That's by the railroad tracks. Okay. Um, this property was then bounded on one side by Highway 60 and the CNR Railroad Station on the other side. The tracks were, were a quick way to arrive at Stanley's farm, as it became known and often used. Stanley himself was killed by a train in 1968 as he returned from the bay. The, the property, now much smaller, is partly owned, severed from Martha Minta Heron, Andrew and Leonard and Dominic Butmansky, Mary Minta's daughter, uh, and Barbara, Barbara Minta by Bill Gallette, so they have uh, some of that property there. Oh, okay. And yeah. You know, Bill Gallette. The, the he funeral. was the one who did the funeral. Yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did an interview with him. Yeah. So he's he was married to Barbara. Oh. Okay. Was Uncle Dominic. My she's my first cousin. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Barbara being Dominic's daughter, Rainy Hearn, grandson of John Martin, lives on the right side of the Highway 60 at Minta's Hill. There, they moved away. John Jr. tells about some of his early life experience on Sopas Farm, their home, a shanty, John calls it, but many log homes were so-called at this time. He speaks of the hardships mostly. The fact that Mariana began to have epileptic seizures added to this. After such episodes, Frank, Julia, and Ambrose were born deaf-mutes. One occasion when Mariana suffered an attack, John, her husband, who happened to have a broken leg, jumped to help her, and the, un and the unhealed leg never Heal properly. Oh, okay. he was always you always walk crooked. Yeah, the leg was broken during the a fall thresh during during the leg was broken during a fall threshing machine when okay or the leg was was permanently curved. The leg was broken during a fall threshing machine when a machine pulled by horses traveled to the countryside. The horses moved in a circle, turning, uh, and he, that's when he got it broken again. He got, 
Oh. He, yeah. John speaks about his sister Magdalena's death. Of the, that's my father talking now. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, John speaks about um, in the copy of John's booklet in the binder. Another incident regarding little Magdalena is told by Leah Leona Mansky, daughter of, uh, of John Jr., Sister Mary. Apparently their mother, Mariana, was very ill with quinsy, an almost fatal disease with no antibiotics. All the children, Stanley, John, Mary, Joe, and Frank, were crying around her bed when suddenly they saw little Magdalena dead, smiling at them from the window. My gosh. Ma Mary's back was facing the said window, so she did not leave their cries, but she soon became well. Magdalena died of diphtheria in 1905 at the same time. Four months earlier, Catherine's, uh, John's sister, Veronica, age four, also died. In one of the Tomchik memoirs, polio was mentioned, but diphtheria was rampant. John Jr.'s children, Maxie, Monica, and Bernice, remember going to Mintus Hill to pick raspberries on the right-hand side of the highway. What beauties hanging down at the, as they lifted the branch, they used to pick them up in the bend, or were just hanging down like that, and you... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just waiting for you to pick yeah. them, almost. Um, one occasion, Esther Govcheski, Mary Mendes' daughter, was with them when she and Bernice and Esther stepped into a bee's nest, what bites. Always these John said very picking men to uh, visit the grandma and all the goodies and grandma's love before the three-mile walk home. She dug cookies and stuff. And yeah. She died in 1938, so these visits were short duration but unforgettable. Mrs. Stacia Trubinsky, who then lived on our present John Mintis Jr. farm property, that's where we are now. Yes. Once a girlfriend of Frank Minta, she jokes about it, tells of an incident of the runaway horses. Stacia and the others who were returning from Berry picking notice a very important and full summer job for all the children. Several miles farther down the highway, as they neared Grandpa Menta's house, they saw her standing on the road, hand-waving and yelling to get off the road and hurry to her place. They had just gotten off the road when Murkowski Prusak's horses and wagon passed by at breakneck speed. <sighs> she saved them from the runaway horses. Oh my gosh. Note, you will find some memories by various grandchildren, perhaps some of you grand great and grandchildren may wish to dig into the Minta family from Poland. A father of the a meeting on the, the Minta name and on John Jr.'s truck remarked that his sister married a Minta in Poland. Father is dead, so we never did get to find out more. And this is Grandpa's wedding married thing. Oh, marriage certificate. Yeah. The 24th month since you married. Oh, okay. It looks very different, I think, than marriage certificates now. Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. It's all this is interesting here. Marianne must have had a uh, had a sense of adventure to marry someone who would take her out of the raw bush, take her out to the to the raw bush. John twinkling eyes, kind smile, and ready wit at wit as as general nicety about him must have attracted her as she exhibited these. Uh, qualities as well. They were they were very good. Mm. After the marriage, they took up residence at Bob Lake District, roughly four miles from Barry's Bay. Their son John Benedict and his oral history, Riley comments of the early settlers. When they got there, the government let them out in the bush just like a rabbit. Go out, <laughs> do, you, do what you want. It's up to you. 
the first building was a shanty with a roof of hollowed logs. I remember well that shanty. There was only one room, a big room, their son state. A new regular farmhouse was erected in 1904. Mary Ann gave birth to six of her ten children in that shanty. The third and fourth, John and Mary twins, were born on December 29th. One can imagine the hardship of the 24-year-old woman with four children living miles from town. Snow drifts up to the window. Wood stove needing replenishing very often. Heating water on the said stove. Laundry drying in, one room, in the one-room house not wanting two little babies, what courage the early pioneers had. Isn't that something? In 1905, Magdalena, their oldest daughter, contracted diphtheria, which was rampant at the time. A doctor had to be brought in by sleigh from Killaloo, about 20 miles away. The whole family was inoculated and in quarantine. When death came on September 5th, John himself had to take the casket with his own child to our lady of the Sumption Cemetery. It's outside of town there. Oh, yes, that one. Okay on this sled for burial while the mother wept her heart out behind the old shanty. The new house was built in. Mary Gopcheski, a twin sister of John Benedict, told her daughter of a vision which Magdalena appeared to her siblings. Remember, I read that to you. Mm -hmm. Suffering from a death each was in one. The dead sister was standing outside the window, smiled at those, at those who were gathered. To encourage them miraculously, the mother recovered. Marianne and John suffered. Sufferings increased on the opposite of epileptic seizures that Marianne experiences. Three of the children, Frank, Julie, and Ambrose, were born deaf mutes after such seizures. Without assistance provided in such cases today, Marianne, finding her own means of communication with her special children, was able to raise them, teaching them how to survive with their handicap and even earn their living. Of course, they never married. During one of Marianne's seizures, John had a broken leg, probably immobilized in the cast, jumped to help his wife. This is what grandchildren remember Grandpa John with a crooked leg. Sometimes around the end of 20, John purchased property on up Highway 60 of Pennell, mile, three miles from Barry's Bay. The exact date of the move is unknown. On September 25th, 23, John Benedict married Ann Pulbisky, so they still live there on the farm there. Okay. A close neighbor, according to the farm distances. John said he walked across the fields of the first home later, which, which was named Stopabina, to, to, to his bride's home. The highway divided the new property on Minta Hill there. As it is still known today, the left side coming into Barry's Bay extended almost a mile down to Martin's siding by the railroad tracks there. Mm -hmm. On the right side, the fields were covered with raspberries. Their grandchildren often picked those when visiting Grandma and and remembering her hugs, smiles, cool water, cookies, and homemade bread. Her early death in 1938 at 62 years of age cut short these treasured visits. Her daughter-in-law, Frances, Joe's wife, continued the hospitality. Apparently, local farmers going to town enjoyed the pit stop as well, according to an old family friend. It's not known what caused Marianne's death. Her son, Benedict, returned to town at the early morning at 4 a.m. I remember that. I, I was to his wife, and he said she's gone, and, and he, he spent the night and evening when she died, his dad, his mother. Mm -hmm. It was not known. Okay. Their son, Joseph, took over the family farm, caring for John, John Sr., Grandpa, Ambrose and maybe Martha, three, three of the remaining singles, Frank, Stanley, and Julia lived below on the hill towards the railroad tracks there. The ho homestead was destroyed by fire in 1950, and Lucy lost all the records. Marion and John had two granddaughters enter religious life. Sister Bernice, daughter of John and Annie Minta, joined the Felician Sisters in Oshawa, and Sister Margaret, daughter of Mary and Leo Kofcheski, joined the Sisters of St. Joseph. Marianne's husband, John, survived his wife by 17 years and died in July 1955 at 88 years of age. 
of unknown causes. Some of the original farm still is in the hands of the family. These are all the children there. That's where Mintus Hill is there. Okay. Yeah. Here. I think yeah this I had read this this one it was in the book the mm -hmm, coolest mm -hmm, reunion mm -hmm. one so it yeah. gives a lot of yeah. good so background then this is a, the the gravestone um, yeah the Mintley John Grandpa John and Mary and then Julian Frank and Ambrose and and uh, Stanley mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this is this, this is Daddy so there's Grandpa Minter and his wife uh, Marianne Coolest. Mm -hmm. Magdalena. And the oldest one is Stanley, John, and Mary, twins. Mm -hmm. Joseph, Frank, Julia, and Ambrose. There were the deaf mutes. This is in here. Okay. Yeah, because it's sometimes confusing because your, your grandpa's name was John, but yeah. then John Benedict was your father. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so they, there was yeah. nine kids or not ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten kids. Ten kids. And three of them were deaf mutes. Yeah, yeah. Frank and Ambrose and Julia. And Julia, oh, she was a terrific cook. That must have been quite hard, I think. Mm -hmm. Here's some. Oh, yes, I've seen this picture. They had those bee... bee um... They call them bees, yeah. The knitting bees, that's what they were, yeah. right? Yeah, knitting, but they, these were working on the farm. Oh, okay. Whole potatoes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And so this is um, uh, left to right at Martinez Andrenal. Annie Pick, Father Pick's mother. Mary Mintuck, Daddy's sister. Mm-hmm. Maggie Pulbisky behind her. Uh, jo Johanna Kovchewski and Tessie Edmanski, and so on. They lived all these women here. They were working out hoeing potatoes. Was yeah, it? they would come and help each other. Yeah. Well, they had big fields of potatoes. Like, mm -hmm. when, if you came here, and at the very beginning, we had gardens. That, like, this was all gardens. It was all, yeah. All, all, all those beds and everything else and stuff. And then here was all big uh, potatoes. Yes. That whole field. Yes, yeah. The yeah. the Polish people definitely like their potatoes. Well, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. And and so they uh, they grew their own. So when you 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 go out if you're fixing supper, you go out and pick up the potatoes and just take them off and wash rinse them out, and you didn't have to you didn't even have to peel them because they were yeah good. Oh, they were so delicious mm, with lots of butter. Oh yes, and butter and 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 cream from a thing like that. And you put and with the cream you put the cucumbers and you put some vinegar in that. Oh, you know. oh And so you used to, you used to mix up the you mix up the potatoes and put the, put this um, uh, um, cream with uh, with cucumbers on top. But oh, mm, was it ever delicious? That sounds good. Mm. <laughs> and I guess the potatoes last quite long. I think oh, yeah. too because well, I know yeah, yeah. my grandparents. And then what they we dig them out and then. Downstairs, we used to have them. What they would have them is um, they would have a sort of a bin and they would put the potatoes and they'd have soil in it. Yes, yep, that's what my grandparents. I remember even when I was little, I remember going downstairs and at home we usually just bought them in a bag. Mm -hmm. And I remember going into my grandma's basement and seeing that and I was like, oh, this looks different. Yeah, yeah. So they, instead of putting them in bags, well, that and later on they did too, but but that's what they did. So we, we had a little corner there in the basement. Mm -hmm. And the the wood the potatoes ground was there sand and then the potatoes were in there yeah. when we were young you know so but we so like 
we didn't have much cash, but we ate well. Yes. We had, yeah. Like with the potatoes, homemade, uh, our own potatoes, we had our own cabbage. Mm, and, then, and then we still, we had one of those kind of a shuffle things where you would, it, it, it had, it was, it was a wooden thing. It's there, there's still another, there down the basement and all that stuff. It's a wooden thing like that and uh, with two sides, so it was up about this high. Mm-hmm. And in the inside, there was a very sharp knife kind of thing. Okay. And inside that, there, so there was a very sharp knife there inside, and inside that, then they had a little um, wooden, it's not like a box, it was just like a little sort of a sides, you know. And so you used to take the cabbage and put it in, and so you would push, so you had this here like that, and there's a piece of sharp thing. Mm-hmm. So then you'd had this other little wooden thing, and then you'd put the cabbage there, and then you'd... Oh, slide it across to cut it. And you cut it. Okay. That's how you cut it. Yeah, yeah. So then you used to put it, you used to cut a whole six, 10, 20, 50 of them, you know, and you'd have a great big barrels this high. Oh my gosh. And they would put put that in, and then you put a little bit of salt in it, mm-hmm. and then you had sauerkraut. Yes, yeah, yeah. Another one is also, uh, uh, they used to put the meat in like that, you know? In the barrels as in well? In the uh, barrels as well. They used, to put, they used to have great big things of the pigs would be killed in, and you'd cut the great big, like the great big slabs of stuff, mm-hmm. and then they would put that in, and they'd put salt. Mm-hmm. Lots of salt though yeah, on the yeah, meat, well, right? Yeah, in between it. So then when you, when you took it out of the barrel, then you boiled it a little bit with, to get some of that salt out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then, then you uh, ate it. So, so we had lots, you know. And then all the, uh, the other meat, uh, the, the, the um, uh, cow meat and that, usually what they did is they um, canned it in bottles. Oh. And that's, remember I told you that they, put, they had a great big thing uh, on the top of the stove there, and then they'd have this kind of a metal thing, and you could put maybe t- uh, 10 bottles around inside of it with a handle, so you could stick it inside and then you could just pull it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's so, and then you had the, the that kind of meat. And then to keep it over the winter or even the summer to keep it cool, where would you keep those all barrels? About, all, all the things in the basement. Yeah, and it was cold enough down well, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was preserved as yeah, well. Yeah. So, or some of the places like with with the salt and all that, it didn't matter if it was warm. Like it, you mm-hmm, had to have mm-hmm. it. But so you had all winter. So you had your your deer meat. And you had your like, and the pig when they when the, they killed the pig, they would hang it up by its, its legs like that, and then they yeah. cut it down, and then they would take the meat out, and then they take the meat and cut it up, mm-hmm. and then they put it all in barrels with the salt. Yeah, yeah. Did was your family big on hunting or? Well, uh, yes and no. Like because we lived in town already, so yeah. but they used to go out. The, they would kill a deer or something like that, you know? Yeah, not yeah. here, though. It would be yeah. farther out. Yeah, here? I guess it was different then. It wasn't... Oh, I remember, remember there was a... My, it was Sunday night, and, and Grandpa, and I, Uncle Joe, I meant to farm there. They were coming. They used to go to the show on Sunday night. They used to have it at the church. So he comes. He says, Johnny, there's a great big moose in the back over there. So of course we all, they had guns here. Everybody had a gun. Mm-hmm. So they go out and they shot it. And then they had to be, you could hear the boom. 
and, and then there was a really quiet. And then after they dragged it, and we had this great big barn there. Yeah. They brought it in the barn. And then the next day they, and they cut it up and everything else. And then when they killed the pig, they would take the pig and they would, they would shoot it. And then they would take the pig and hang it up mm -hmm. by this, they had four legs. So the legs had, you know, they had this kind of a thing. So they'd hang it up and then they would take a knife and they would cut the pig right down the whole side like that. Mm -hmm. And then they would take out the insides. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's like Vostas. Okay. <laughs> you know, Vostas are, are the sausages. Oh, okay, yeah. They used to make all that stuff. And then, to, and then you had uh, those kind of a, um, uh, metal things. We have one in the kitchen there yet where they would put the meat into it and it, and it had... Oh, a uh, meat grinder. Yeah, and yes. it had little, all kinds of different sizes and they used yeah. to... Used to cook, uh, and they'd have the meat, you know, and then they'd put, and then they'd put it in the sausages, like the skins, mm -hmm. inside okay. inside skins from the, yeah. from the pigs. Yeah, I remember my grandparents, they would always do that. It was a big event. I was really small, mm -hmm. but they did the same thing, yeah. meat grinder on the side of the yeah. table. And then they'd stuff it all into those kinds, <laughs> and they'd tie them up like this. Yeah. You can see them sometimes on television. Though. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like this, and they'd stab them in that, and so... Um, then they'd have it, in, 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 then after they had to put it in the locker. Okay. This, in that place there was a locker there and you could put your stuff in there because we didn't have a... Um, like, uh, like a locker as in... Like a a, they call it the locker because they had these um, great big rooms where they'd hang up the stuff and it was very cold. Oh, okay. Um, where was that? Right, just up the road there. Oh, okay. Was everybody using it then? Well, yeah. Okay. All, like people on the farm and so on. So when you had some stuff, you would rent a, a spot, like, you know, and they'd keep it there for you. Oh, okay. So everybody had their own, like, you know. And he would, he would help you to put some of the stuff and make the sausages and things like that. Oh, okay. So uh, up the road there, for quite a number of years, they were doing that. And then after that, we got our own, like, fridges and stuff, because there weren't any, eh? Yeah, yeah. It was, see, there weren't any, so you had to have either the salt... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In, in barrels, and, and that's how you kept the stuff, you know? Yeah. Because otherwise they would, it would, uh, but the salt in that, and they kept, them, uh, it kept it uh, from spoiling. Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So we, so we ate well, and... Who who owned the locker then? Oh, um... Do you remember? They were Murray's, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Murray's had the locker, and, um... Uh, we used to go there. It wasn't that far, so we'd go to and get. So you, what you would do is you'd rent a place inside the locker. Oh. Okay. You change one, and they had them separately. And so you had your meat, and you'd go in there, and it was, you'd walk in, and it was all for, like like a refrigerator, you know. Yeah, it's like a big walk-in yeah. refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for years and years we did that. Then after that we got our own. Uh, yeah. And things like that. I did not know that existed in Bears Bay, but yeah, that makes just, sense. Yeah, just up the road. You know what I'm talking about. There's that, uh, what, what do you call it? What do they have there now? The dental hygienist there? or Whatever it is. It's not, that, not, no, it's, it's a big, long building. Yeah, I think it's a dental hygienist. And whatever, whatever that yeah, is. Yeah. But it was a little bit different then, you know? Yeah. It had this great big building, and, 
and they, it's, it was changed after, but it, that's where it was, and oh. it was a very, so and they had, it was a freezer locker, they called it, so uh, you rented and you kept, everybody had their own place like that, you mm -hmm. know. And then he used to help you cut up the meat sometimes and things like that, you know, that was part. But he was, uh, Dunnigan or Murray and some like that, the families, I uh, forget what their names are now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so long, you know, so. That's interesting to find out, though. Do you remember when Maxie had his bakery, or were you oh, moved yeah. away? Oh, no. No, I was here at Maxie when Maxie had the bakery. Um, yeah, Susie was a, was, was a cook. And mm -hmm. then one time, <laughs> Daddy went with Maxie early in the morning. They'd go to Pembroke and get some of the buns and stuff, because they used to, they, she, they used to make the bread and lots of stuff here. But some of the stuff they'd bring from Pembroke, eh? Mm-hmm. So anyway, they would leave at about five o'clock in the morning, and they drive up to Pembroke, and and uh, we had this in this room here. There was a, a metal metal kind of little cupboards, like four or five of them, and you could just open them up like with some really metal. Yeah. And and so they were lined up in the wall over here. So Daddy gets up and he gets he's. Uh, Maxie was at the other place there. So anyway, Daddy gets up and he goes and he puts on this jacket. You know, he pulls it out. And uh, they go to Pembroke. And <laughs> when he came home, he had my mother's my mother's jacket oh, no. on. <laughs> it was kind of dark, you know. <laughs> oh, that was, a, that was a fun thing we had for years and years and years. Yeah, you can't let him live that now. No, no, I remember yeah, so Daddy, he says, oh, he's Anka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says, Jan, you tell us more jacket. <laughs> oh, mm, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many interesting, interesting things that we had here. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, they had quite a good business, that bakery, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Susie, Susie was a good cook. And, and then um, across the road was my daddy's twin sister, so she used to come and cook there, too. She'd oh, okay. make help with the bread. Okay. And at, when you took the bread out of the out of the pan, you'd always hit the bottom to see if it was like there was a certain sound when the bread was cooked, you know. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So and it's like we had her here. The stove was here. Okay. One time, and what, I forget what was here. But anyway, our so Mama would take the bread out, mm -hmm. and she'd she'd have it, and she'd go. Yeah, it's done. We still have the pans downstairs. Oh my gosh! I think from cooking so much bread, they probably just learned all these tips. Oh and yeah, tricks. yeah. So, so, so Mary came and she was helping them out there. Yeah. Because they, they had a pretty good business, and so Susie, so Susie was a yandanon. She was Susie was an excellent cook. And did they? So then, uh, Maxie worked was the manager for Stedman's. Well, he was a well. manager for Stedman's before he, uh, well, he wasn't married yet. So that was before the bakery yeah, yeah, then? Yeah, uh, Maxie was working in in Pembroke at something. I forget what he was doing. But anyway, then, St then uh, uh, St what did they call them before? Anyway, so they uh, they needed a manager, so Maxie was was there. And while, while he was a manager there, some people broke in and they broke the safe and all that kind of stuff, so we have pictures of that. Oh, wow. And then Maxie, when he, Maxie retired, he was at his own, then um, Rakuski was there. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. afterwards. Yeah, in the store, but, uh, but yeah, Maxie was doing something in Pembroke or someplace wherever he was, 
And he said, well, I want to be in Toronto, in Toronto or someplace he was. Mm -hmm. It's so many years ago. But then, and then they opened the store, so then they, they made him a manager here. Yeah. Yeah. Probably knew lots of locals then from well, working yeah, in those yeah, businesses was, yeah, and growing up. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so when, when they broke into the store, did they ever find out who it was? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. I think they did something. Yeah. But it was, yeah, I have pictures of it in, in the mint, in his own book, you know, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But there are so many, so many things that are... Yeah, your family's very connected to the community yeah, here, for yeah, sure. Yeah, And he, like, this is um, the coolest family, like Frank Coolis and Michalina Blank. Mm -hmm. Some of your cousins there. Oh, yeah. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. one of these. So your dad is this one here. Grandpa. This would be my great-grandpa. Great-grandpa. Yep. And then my grandpa would be Felix. So he had four four children. Felix, uh, Uncle Alec. I still remember him. And then there was a brother and a sister, but they both died before I was alive. Dominic. Dominic, born in July 1892, died February 1759 in April. He married Rose Burkett. Mm -hmm. Daughter of John Burkett and Anne Schwick. There is no there is mention of only one son, Felix. Yeah, so that would have been my grandpa. And then there's he had two brothers, Anthony and Uncle Alec. I remember him. He would have been my great uncle. And then I think there was a girl, I Lil Lillian or something Could like be. that. Wife of Anton Coolis, mother of the above children. Frank Coolis, Michelin the Blank, Bertha Breza, and Anthony Coolis Jr. Mm -hmm. taken at the home for Martha Kulis Poplinski, who died in 22. Yeah, so their homestead, um, Bertha and Anthony, where they had lived, that's where my grandma, she lives in the house. They built a new house, but that old one, I've been there. It's pretty that, interesting. Yeah, I mean. I didn't realize. Yeah, he had children here, Anton Kulis. He married Bertha Brescia. Okay, then it was Anton died, his parents. Martha died, and then... Anton and Bertha had only one child when they left Prussia. Ignace, Ignace is the oldest one. Mm -hmm. And then it's Joseph. Yep. John. Mariana, that's my grandma. Yep. Frank Adam. Anthony. August. Martha. Died in 22. That's why I don't know her, say so I don't remember. And then it was Michalina. And I used to know her in 1959. Oh, wow. She lived just below the St. Lawrence, the church in Wilno. Oh, really? Yeah. So when you when you go down the church from Wilno, you, you, if you keep on going, the, the mm -hmm. house is down there. Oh, That's okay. where she lived. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, let's see, Burton. Michalina. Um... The son, John Blank, and Mariana Kidder, was she married Anthony Blank. They had five children. Hmm. Interesting yeah. how, how you're related and all of that. Yeah, these are the counties. That's on the side. side. But that's, it's all here. Okay, anything else there? Uh, I don't think so. We kind of covered, I guess, I just wanted, since I interviewed Maxie as well, I just mm -hmm. wanted to talk a little bit yeah. about that at the mm -hmm. end there. I think we've covered up pretty you much everything. You can take this with you if you want to. Sure. Uh, 
I don't think it would be better, I suppose. <laughs> I'm sure I could if I tried. Uh, yeah. I, everyone's handwriting is hard to read, I think, unless yeah, well, it's your own. Yeah. It's nice handwriting. Do you, did you want to add anything to our interview? No, I, I, think, I think I've pretty, okay. pretty well. Yeah. The whole story is here. Yeah. And all these stuff here. Like, here, they, they just, here's some point. Look, isn't that beautiful, this roots here? It sure is, yeah. That's the one thing. Maybe that runs in our family because my grandpa, mm -hmm. he had on his property this huge tree. Mm -hmm. And um, he has the, they had that picture always mm -hmm. in their house mm -hmm. and he always loved the mm -hmm. trees. Yeah, this is at Ursula's. Mm -hmm. yeah, Very so, nice. So it's like, uh, even here, this here, the Pobiski family, they call them Schlachta. <laughs> Most recently, genealogical roots of people today are mostly from the neighborings of Kashubi. There are more uh, some residents who immigrated both in the past and in the current times of the Polbiski family. So they're the Kashubi part of it. The mm -hmm. first Polbiskis appear in the in the buy of land in the sixteenth century. In 1859, two Schlachta were living in Gustawa, Poland. Bartosz and Pablo Polbiski at the time all these they have all these different names here and the the yeah born so there's Bronus was a baron so they were they were like somebody important mm-hmm like a baron is a like a, some a, ranking in royalty yeah, yeah, almost yeah yeah, yeah. Um, history of five schlacht up farmers his son Adam Erzbet and all this up here the Swedish baron and diplomat. The answer to the above question was partly from a heraldry book. They were in Sweden. He promised the rank of left. He became a court, court as a courtier of Queen Christina and in service Stockholm. Oh my gosh. 1648 when he was in Rome after returning from Egypt to Nerd. So like there's... They're all over. Yeah. It's... it's um, Pobiski. Pre... Palmer and all this stuff here, Swedish, German. None of the known historical sources suggest that Baron Palbiski of Oslava Dabrowski had connections with the Swedish ones. The last Baron of Oslava, two weeks after his death, Adam Baron Palbiski ordered a contract to be drawn under his third son, Jacob Baron von. <laughs> oh, what else? What was I to tell you? Then they came from Poland because there were the skis on it, you know, so a lot of people changed the name Ski and they put the Vaughn in it. Oh, they put the Vaughn in. Why was that? Well, Schlachter. Oh. <laughs> Schlachter to get that little yeah, yeah. rich, I guess, yeah. right? Because that's Schlachter's Jacob was de Paul wealthy Bisky people. Or Jacob, Jacob von Paul Bisky. He married Magdalena Nigoric and had ten children. The couple, <laughs> however, did not reside long in Oswaba. Their oldest daughter, Mariana, was born there. In 1802, Jacob sold the familiar farm for 1,200 $1, to Pablo Kop Dobrovsky, then purchased a farmstead in Hog. So, like, the, so, all this barren stuff and all that crap. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's funny though what you're saying that they add the Vaughn to yeah. seem more important. Yeah, when, when, yeah there's a whole. In one of the books I have there, it has all the people who are not are not Kashubi. Oh, okay. 
And but but it's on another party says there's some of the people like Glovchesky was Glovka and mm. they put Glovchesky ski. Okay. That's very interesting that they because I always wondered why there were so many ski skis in here. Okay, that yeah, makes sense. Their name was really Glovka. Oh okay. so Glovchesky. Yeah, and you were saying your last name changed too. No uh, no. The only thing is that it was a they added an H to make it English, like Minta. But that was in school, you were yeah, saying, yeah, right? Yeah, after we started the school. Mm -hmm. there, and then, uh, you know how the English people are. And so they started to put H-A, so we, that's how we kept it. Well, our mm -hmm. records are all in that. Yeah. So instead of the T, they put a T-H. Yeah, yeah. Swedish-born parent, Barons Polbiski, originated from the family Bieber Polbiski. All the schlachty. Yeah. Family treasure. One of the possessions of Barbara Hopkins, a librarian at the museum. Sadness. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's <laughs> the. How many letters is that? And also, great granddad of Joseph Albisky. A very interesting book with the moving title of Poch Platz i Majakanitz. Oitsov. Oh, place where the father lived. In 1847, the, the complete book of the, of the tears of lamentations of the Holy Fathers who had been stuck in the abyss for about 4,000 years and all that kind of crap. The future of the sons in Guber was determined by a birth order. Most frequently the farmstead was inherited by the oldest son. The younger ones became workers or there if they were fortunate renters. Such was the case with the third son of Andrei, Michal Pobiski. Who had a renter? Who was a renter in the same time a far, forest work, forest worker? He married Francisca, new from Studenis, so whatever. <laughs> Together they had six sons. Yeah. Well, that changed though, right? Kind of with your yeah, your yeah, generation, yeah, it wasn't yeah, necessarily no, no, the so oldest. So anyway, that's how come we have this big stuff there. Yeah, yeah. That's where that the crest comes mm -hmm. in. Yeah. Okay. The eighth generation of Pobiski still live today in U in Ugosh, Rokova. Also Rokova, there are children of the deceased brother Ludwig, who was a school teacher. Thus Pobiski's surname persists and flourishes as to some questions surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah, that's about it though. So I guess we can just, I'll wrap up with one one or two questions. So I guess um, we can do, I guess, overall growing up in Bears Bay, what 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 do you think the typical day looked like or how did you like it? And Well, it's written in this here. here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we went to school and we came home and we, and we um, worked in the bush and, and we dug potatoes and we planted with the families and, and we played and... Chase yeah. each other around like all the other kids. Yeah, um, we, uh, we used to, uh, everybody would be running down at noon hour home for lunch and we'd eat and then we'd run back to school. and <laughs> Very active. And, and, we, and, and when it came to concerts, we used to be, uh, the uh, church father used to have concerts and, and we would be in them and, and, um, and we would be singing, Viswa Moya, Viswa Stara, it's about the uh, uh, river. And then we there was a boat on one of the shows that we were doing, and I was standing out there, and Monsignor Bernaski comes and he and he puts me in the boat. 
me up and put me in the boat because he said the guy Oh my gosh. Yeah, and, the and so the boat was going back and forth and we were singing. <laughs> we used to be in the Polish concerts here and um, and also with the St. Joseph sisters we were in the concerts and, and of course uh, being meant that we always <laughs> were involved mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, ah, we were in a choir. We um, sang in the choir and we went to church and the mass and then we came home and we Played around like and all the kids used to come to our place. We'd play hopscotch and yeah, and um, tag and which was very common. And um, and of course with music, we all came in here. There was always music and we would dance around and sounds like it's interesting. Yeah, like it was an ordinary Polish uh, family. Yeah, sounds like a nice upbringing. Yeah, though. yeah. We we have to honestly say. Yeah. Yeah. Mom and Daddy were very good to us, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And because we, uh, being uh, smart, I said, these are called smart. <laughs> we didn't have to read exams and all that kind of stuff. So and we were always, and if there was something going on, it was always the mintas. They would grab you, you know. Mm -hmm. you, go, you, you got involved yeah, from in very the church, young. up the choir. And then the boys were altar boys. Oh, okay. We sang in a church choir. All of us did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for Christmas, midnight mass and all that kind of stuff, we all did. And at school, too, we'd sing in the choirs. And, and there was a play going on. Of course, we were always involved in. We've been listening to Bernice Mintha in conversation with Martina Koulis, host of Back in the Day, a show dedicated to the life and times of people who know a thing or two about the evolving social history of the upper Madawaska Valley in general and Barry's Bay and the township of Madawaska Valley in particular. We'd like to thank Bernice for taking the time to share her story with all of our listeners today and know that by doing so, she's given us all a great sense of where our unique heritage and local culture has come from in the first place. I'm Kristen Marchand, and for Martina Koulis and our producer, Barry Conway, we'd like to wish you a good day, and God bless. Mm -hmm.